1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to KJ and Don Darrow on Boston Sports Original. WEEI.
2: Jay and Don Darrow, the third hour here on WEEI, 617-779-7937, text line 37937. Still to come, we'll talk to Celtics plus the Red Sox, and we'll play major, uh, minor leaguer or minor hit single. But speaking of minor leagues, Mark, we've been talking about like what's been going on at All-Star Weekend and Mac McClung winning the dunk contest last night. Uh, I'll be dead honest with you. I purposely chose not to watch last night because I think that the NBA especially has to reconfigure what is the dunk contest going to be moving forward, and I have an idea what it could be, and I think Mac McClung was the test to it. Ready for it? Yep. I would like to see G-Leaguers versus NBA players. The winning team takes home the dunk trophy every year, and that might be encouragement because here's the thing. Mac McClung is most likely going to be back with his G League team by the end of the week, right? This, is be, this would be like Brock Purdy getting an F. Yeah. So he's not going to be in the NBA, so there's not going to be anything to showcase moving forward, so might as well make the done contest, the G League versus the NBA, and then see if someone in the NBA says, you know what, I have to step up to get the rep up because what if the G League wins it
3: like four straight years in a row? no. I don't like that idea. I I would just A G Leagueer won it last night. Yeah, so what? I don't like the idea. I want to see guys that I know and I w- what I would do would be simple. I would ha- I would c- gather some of my leaders, you know, my union reps or whatever, the players union people or, or some of the best players in the league, best dunkers in the league, whatever you want to do and just ask and say why don't more guys want to do this? Why can't we be more uh participatory? I in can the tell dunk- you why. why? T- because days
2: off matter more now in the NBA to players. They don't care. This is not a game that they get. This is not a weekend they get a game check for. And it's just what it is, right? So, hey,
3: okay, you could say that, but, right?
2: So because look who look at the guys who are in there. These are guys. Look, KJ Martin, Houston Rockets, worst team in the league. Trey Murphy from the Pelicans. Did you know who he was? Jericho Sims, backup center because their primary center is out of there, and a G leaguer. These are the guys who can't say no. These are the guys that almost need the dunk contest. To get on a radar, just so that way, you know, it could be a negotiation tactic to get a little bit more money for their next deal. Because the main guys, well, you're going to go. I mean, the game is different now, right? And the dunk contest, the NBA isn't wasn't what it was then, what it is now in terms of the international presence, right? Like you could be John Morant playing in Memphis and get plenty of attention.
3: Yeah. You don't have to you be in New York. Right. You, you At
2: one point, if you were in Seattle, like they were like, nobody knew who you were playing for the Supersonics just because you were out west and it was up late, and the 11 o'clock news couldn't even get your highlights on. So the, the league has changed in that regard, and I think you're always going to – because here's the thing. The players that we saw in the dunk contest last night, we're really talking about guys that aren't that far away from G League. Yeah. So might as well have the G League – versus the NBA where the NBA can't just sit there where we're just going to stick anyone in there or, God forbid, kind of like what they did with the Olympic basketball team, the NBA team starts losing and it gets their attention and so well, they're not going to go to Barcelona. But you see my point, right? Mac McClung can't do any, like the dude is wearing a 76ers jersey at the dunk contest virtually for the first time before even playing for the 76ers.
3: Yeah. You know what I would do? And I don't care whether the league likes this or not. I would say I would create a committee or something like that. Okay, where if you participate in the dunk contest, you then become an all star, or you can stay through the all star festivities, or have the all star experience, like the huh? full all star. Because here is the thing, you could you're say already that, there. What well, you gonna say? They're past. Well, I don't know. There's got to be some things that happen. Their access pass doesn't well, here's work. Sorry, thing. Thing. you're not clear You could here. say that the NBA guys really love their time off, and I get it, but they they love more, I think, going to All-Star Weekend. They love being a part of All-Star Weekend. It's like their version of Masters Week. It's an honor to be there. They love all the pomp and circumstance associated with the All-Star Game and being a part of the parties and all the honoree things that they do. Like... I, I think you could. I guess what I'm trying to say is the NBA, if they wanted to, could find ways to incentivize the dunk contest to get some of the guys that they'd like to see in it. In it, I'm not talking about LeBron James necessarily, even though I do think he should have done well. well he's 38 years no, old. I'm talking about you, yeah. like a guy, like an up and comer, not Mac McClung. With all due respect, and this we, we never finished what I was going to say. There's no
2: due respect. The guy hasn't played in the NBA. No,
3: I know, but this this texter said um, he accused us of saying something. First of all, that we didn't say. And then he said it was well, what the, was that? I, mean, I'm, I forget. I brought it up earlier. It wasn't— mm-hmm. uh, Did I just hear one of you guys say Mac McClung was a bum and a joke dunker? We never said that, so that's that. No. But no then he that. goes, I've watched the NBA for 50-plus years. That is the greatest display of dunking. No. Like, no. 88. Did you watch 2000? Spud, Spud Webb. How, how about Vince Carter? Vince Carter. Like, that was the best display I've ever seen. Okay, even,
2: so uh, What was his name? Gerald Green that played for the Celtics with the
3: cupcake at the yeah, back. Yeah, there that was, was uh, incredible. Jason Richardson was really good. Oh. Like, get out of here. And, it, and it's even better. Vince Carter was a star. You know, Kobe Bryant right. was a star when they did the thing. Like, it's not like a no-name guy doing it, even though McClung was really good. The dunks were really good. But sometimes I want a star.
2: There's you no I mean? follow-through, right? Like, because uh, here's a great example. When Spud Webb won the dunk contest when I was growing up in New Jersey, yeah. like, the Nets used to be so bad that you could go to your high school, you could go to your head coach, and he would have tickets for you to go to the game. <laughs> so that's how you go to the Nets game. Wow. And, yeah, and so the Hawks were in town. It was like, hey— I can see Dominique Wilkins who's won a dunk contest and Spud Webb, who's just won the dunk contest in one game. Like I had no interest in seeing the Nets that day, but I had an interest in seeing if this five foot four dude was gonna throw one down. I wanted to see this for myself. Now for Mac McClung, you're not gonna see it. You, they're saying, well, we they're gonna look to see what type of you know what needs that the 76ers have if he's gonna be on the bench. No, you're now going to say give him a roster spot just because it's the traveling Wilbury show because he won the dunk contest? What does he do? Come out, and during the break, is like, and now, ladies and gentlemen, Mac McClung, yeah, that's the guy. Now get back on the bench. No, you're not giving up a roster spot for that. So the problem with that is there's no follow-through. There's no desire to go to said team's game to see this guy who won the dunk contest. And this goes to what you say as well. It has to be someone who has some meaning or burgeoning meaning to the game. That's
3: right. For it to matter. Yeah, that's right. They got got to find somebody that's a little bit closer to at least being a star, like ideally a star. You know what I mean? Like that's what they need to find. I even think a guy like, and I don't think he's probably above this, but I I even think a guy like Jalen Brown could enhance his personal brand by participating in a dunk contest. A guy like that. It was 15 years ago, yes. What do you mean if it was 15 years ago? 15 years ago, yes. But now, like, his brand is, is, is A-OK. It is A-OK. Yeah. It is A-OK. But I don't think it could hurt him, you know? And you find other things that you maybe uncover, or other people that become interested in you when you put on that type of show. I just, like, he is above that. He's not a budget, a burgeoning star, whatever you want to call it. He's, he's there. Right. But there's other guys that are like that. I don't know, you know, that I think could benefit from it that just don't do it, and so I don't he, understand.
2: Like, even if you go back in history with the D. Brown, right? Like, D. Brown would be a perfect example. This guy wasn't a star in the league. You couldn't even really argue that he was like a burgeoning star in the league at the time. He was a role player on a team that was kind of on its way down, you know, bird and the, the back's starting to go. The guys are getting old. Yeah. And he's on this team that's starting to try to figure out its identity. He goes there, wears a new – he's wearing a sneaker brand – that people are like, whoa, so really, D Brown is more known for pumping up his Reeboks, the Reebok pumps, and then doing the no-look dunk where he hides his face, but where does that player exist now that's kind of like, all right, they're pretty good. Kenny Skywalker was another one of those guys. We're talking about guys who are in this contest, too. Well, Murphy for New Orleans, he does get run, and um, the guy with the Knicks, he's in the mix now as well because uh, Robinson is out. But you know, you have a G League or win it. Why not just make it G League versus the NBA? And eventually it would force the NBA to start looking at other players who might have been like, ah, I'm heading out to, hey, here's a chance to increase your profile with the digital assets that exist now. Now you can work in some of those things where you can help push these stars. But the guys who are already top level stars, they don't really need any additional push from the NBA that they am, that they are making
3: for themselves already, and that's the All Star game itself. All right, that's fair. I, I'll give you a couple names, like just random people. Okay. Like O.G. Ananobi, like if he executed, I don't even know if he, is he a dunker. If he executed an electric be, dunk yeah. contest, right. I think a guy with that type of profile playing in Toronto yes. could enhance his brand. Or how about here's another one and he has a played he's played on the big stage. Jordan Poole. Now again, maybe he sucks at dunking. But if he was a guy that could participate That would hurt
2: in a dunk contest.
3: Well, it would, but if <laughs> if he was good based on everything else you've done, that's a guy that could elevate his brand, maybe introduce people to something that he you know they didn't know he could do. Okay, so let me like, use the Jordan Poole example. Yeah. Jordan Poole should be in the 3
2: point competition. Because you're playing for Golden State, they're known for the long shots. So now part of your marketing could say, hey, here's another long gunner. Maybe they didn't want him to do it. But here's another gunner on that team with him and Steph Curry. So now more people say, hey, that's the guy that won the three-point contest, and they've got Steph Curry. So, yeah, in that regard, you'd have to know where your skill sets lie. But in terms of the dunk, it's... Yeah, in a three-point shooting league, that's the uh, I think that's the other part of why the dunk contest doesn't have the same oomph anymore. Like no one's getting excited about someone throwing it down. You know, like it's almost kind of like from three. You know, so that's that's why you have these superstars in the three-point contest. One, because it's gonna it's not gonna hurt their knees, and two, it might get them extension on their brand. Right, Damian Lillard winning the three-point competition.
3: Yeah, that's I think that's cool. Like I wish the stars did it. They don't do it, though. And the, I don't know why. I, but I don't it know, matters more with the dunk contest start? than like, the three-point game. How did it start? Who started that the stars weren't going to participate? Because they used to participate.
2: Uh, probably with the advent of social media as it started to No, it was around. before when that. It must
3: have been when they – remember they put the dunk well, contest on hiatus for a couple years? Yeah. I think it then, was after that, right? That well, probably is what did it.
2: Well, what hurt it was the year that Nate Robinson had like 15 attempts in a yes, row. Yes,
3: that was stupid. That and you are like, that.
2: okay, I've got to put my kids to sleep. Yep. Some of us want to take the option of going to church tomorrow. Let's end this thing.
3: Will you watch the All-Star game itself? Absolutely.
2: Okay. Absolutely, because I like the format of, all right, the first team to this number. So it's telling you, hey, this game is going to end when you get to this number. And sometimes a team may be down by five and can get to that number quicker than that other team that's ahead by five. So they've done more. So there's a, one, there are more eyes going to be on the physical game itself. And two, there is a built-in drama into the game that at the last, whatever, let's say five minutes of the game, you're going to see competitive basketball at its top level. You might see hard fouls. You might see teammates bump each other. So you're going to see some things that in the past where it was just kind of like, all right, and, and the West is up by 43. Like, why am I still watching this game? Yeah. So that's the good thing that the NBA has done is put in that kind of – that uh, uh, call it like a stop clause, like in, in stock market where you do a, a, a stop buy at a certain number. So th- that looks good for the NBA, and I think that's why the players are more involved in that game. And some of them will get into the three-point sh- shooting game because – They can put that on their resume. Imagine if Jason Tatum won the three-point contest. Well, now they're going to be punching people. They're like, well, gosh, well, he won the three-point contest. Now, personally, I wouldn't want him to see him practice that as you get back. Like, dude, that's really great, but don't bring it home with you so much. But, you know, the dunk contest, it just isn't there anymore. And and even part of the game, I mean, I'm with you. It's sad because it's part of the fabric of All-Star Weekend. But my goodness, when, when Giannis, you know, trotted out his other two brothers, oh, I don't know, they all their sneakers must go squeak, squeak, squeak because they never get on the court. And now suddenly they're in this skills competition together. So some things it's kind of like, hey, I'm going to hook up my other brothers so they could be at All-Star Weekend. And now the dunk contest, unfortunately, has been that as well.
3: I just think there is an avenue for the for the NBA to, part- to to get guys into that contest that are more relevant. They, I just they don't do it. So how do you make them do it? Money? You're like, cause you like, because that's what it takes. It. I would do it. I, I mean, you're there's so much competition out there in terms of content. ten million crypt, ten million in crypto to the winner. <laughs> like, I would find a way, find something that would motivate the players to do yeah. it. Yeah. Maybe if it's money why not if it be if it's something that could really enhance those images of Carter and and Jordan have like the Jordan ones literally have lasted a lifetime yeah why would you not want to create more of those if you can what I'm sorry the- as good of a dunk see the problem is KJ and this is the last thing I'll say on this as yeah. good of a dunk as Mac McClung might have executed last night right nobody's really gonna care because it's Mac McClung the reason people care is about Jordan's images is because it's Michael Jordan. Right. And he did that. He, he dunked from the free throw line. It was like, used
2: to make commercials you, and sell products. You
3: could have a guy dunk from half court, but if it's Mac McClung, that's <laughs> only going to take you so far because he's a no-name in the game, you know, within the game. It's got to be a star that, in addition, wows you in the dunk contest that will really bring the NBA to a different level. Maybe
2: mascots at this point? I don't know. Mascots the, would the probably Phoenix be more The Phoenix Suns
3: inter- <laughs> gorilla? <laughs> it would be
2: more entertaining than some
3: of the recent ones.
2: KJ and Don Darrow, we talked Celtics and what they look like moving into the second half of the season. Do they have the squad and the leadership to get them to the NBA Finals, potentially win it, hang out? But right now it's time to trend with Andrew Meehan.
4: Selling a little or a lot?
1: KJ and Don Darrow on WEEI.
4: Boston Sports Original.
2: KJ and Don Darrow, WEEI. Thank you so much for hanging out. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. And of course, on the Odyssey app, just type in WEEI. It's free. You take it wherever you go. Mark, we were talking about the All-Star weekend and Tatum and Brown will be there. It'll be interesting how much Tatum will, I mean, will, will Brown will play um, coming off of the injury. Um, but looking at the Celtics moving forward, second half of the year, is there any concerns you have? I think the biggest concern that has already been addressed is, will Joe Mazzula be the coach of this team? And I do not I don't think you could go into second half of the season with him still being the interim but yet, catching, caught, you know, coaching the All Star game and that potentially being a story.
3: I appreciate that the Celtics kind of closed that case, if you will, uh, before the All Star game. I think that would have been a little bit embarrassing if he showed up there as the interim head coach, head coach of the East All Star, the whatever All Star team, Giannis All Stars. Um, my biggest concern is that come the playoffs, their superstar. Will not be the guy they need him to be in the biggest moments. I'm not like I'm not overly worried about it, but if there is a concern, that's it. You know what I mean? Like I'm not yeah. up at night, losing sleep that Tatum's gonna disappear in the biggest moments. I think it's when, not if, he becomes the absolute. You know the the he's doing those things that he did in Game Six of the Buck series on the regular in the playoffs. However. Until I know for certain that, that, that he has overcome some of those things, like getting in his own head during a series with the Golden State Warriors or even with the Miami Heat, or for whatever reason, disappearing at the end of games or not playing well down the stretch, because I think that has been a thing, whether people want to admit it or not. I still worry that this team, even though they're deeper, is not going to be able to carry a top player that's not performing well. I just think that because the
2: bench is better this year, there's less pressure on Tatum to do everything or Tatum and Brown to do the yeoman's work. This is why I think the acquisition of Malcolm Brogdon, I even like the acquisition of Michael Scala. The idea is that when these guys, the stars come out, when they need a breath, that you don't suddenly have to look around on the court and wonder who's going to give you a basket. Because sometimes it's not so much about how much the bench scores, it's how much the bench can keep you in the game when your superstar comes back and needs a breather. So what I like about the Celtics team, and especially in this game against the Bucs, where it was the game where, okay, your bench is not going to be phased by anything. It's one thing if it was the bench playing against Orlando and they had a tough fight. You're like, okay, they did play you know, without their major. No, this is literally a situation of who you might see in a game five, six, or seven scenario that... One of these guys are going to have to do more than what's expected of them, considering that the superstars are going to be targeted heavier and may not be able to give you as much as they usually give you. So it's the bench that I'm impressed with the most, and I that that's what gives me um, a hope than more so than last year, because when things do fall apart or Jason Tatum doesn't look as well, you know that Jalen Brown did pick up the slack at some points. You know, at one point people were thinking that Jalen Brown. Would, if the Celtics won that series, they, he would have been the MVP. But it still goes beyond that because your superstar is not getting it done. It really does come down to what your bench can contribute when um, things don't go the way that you would hope they go.
3: For as good as the Celtics are, as deep as they are, as well as they play together as a cohesive unit, mm-hmm. I still don't have the confidence down the stretch that I feel like I should have given how talented they are. That's that's my concern. So I shouldn't put it all on Tatum, mm-hmm. but that's my concern, that I, for whatever reason, I don't have the level of confidence that I should have given their talent level at the end of games that are close. I still feel like they're going to find a way to lose those games when it's close, fourth quarter, under three minutes, under two, under one minute, back and forth. I still feel like Tatum will take a bad shot. I still feel like Brown might miss a free throw. I still feel like and I know you're leaning on the bench, which I understand. But in the big games at the in the playoffs, end of the end of the game, down one, need to have it shots. That bench is not the bench that you're thinking of when it's the end of the third quarter and you're up 12 and you kick it out to an open Derek White or Malcolm Brogdon. They can knock it down because it's an avalanche of threes like that. It's a different scenario when the when it's Pucker up time at the end of a playoff game. You know, that, that's different. So I have I need I love to see the superstar perform in those spots more consistently to feel better. That's why the superstars in basketball take the ball at the end of those games when they're close, when it's a good team, when you're going back and forth with another great player. The superstar's the most talented guy. Tatum's their best scorer. I need him to be better in those spots, and that's my concern.
2: 617-779-793-7 text line. 37937, KJ and Dondero still to come. Red Sox and what they're looking at moving forward and what the lineup looks like, how they look in the American League East. And of course, you'd love to stick around to play minor leaguer or minor hit single. Um, look, so Joe Mazzula being named the head coach, I think that's a confidence booster for Joe Missoula Um, I think he allow it allows himself to really enjoy himself this weekend, coach of the team tonight, because I, you know, the conversation would be like is this the first time we've ever had an interim coach <laughs> be the head coach of the NBA All-Star team because his team has the best record? You don't want that distraction to, next, to be the next thing when this team has fought so hard to beat off and fend off the what was a huge distraction with you know the situation with M.A. Adoka and because it seemed to happen like at the 11 o'clock hour going into this season. So I give Joe Mazzulla a lot of credit for kind of hanging in there. You know, there were a lot of jokes made about him chewing his gum and letting the team play through situations where they need or they should have called a timeout. I think that's now going to be beneficial for a team like the Celtics now down the road where, hey, you have enough talent on this team to say, I believe that one or two of these guys right now can make a play that the other team can't stop without stopping everything cold and potentially getting one of our stars snared in some type of trap and can't get him the ball. So that's what I do like about Joe Mazzulla. That's a little bit different than M.A. is that he'll let these guys play through mistakes, but that also means he'll also give them a chance to win the game believing that they can get it done. So you know, sometimes it can be a bit different when the new guy is kind of the old guy and he's the old guy that's tied to the current upstairs regime and that the guy that you guys wanted to bring in and M.A. Odoka is no longer there. It seemed like all of that kind of wheel of ball of confusion has cleared up, and I give Joe Missoula a lot of credit by allowing these players to be themselves, and I think he's even spoken a little of that defense into their life that they have to get back to that M.A. was so good with, with this team last year.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's going to be things that I get, I mean, probably will get exposed about Joe Missoula come playoff time when they're going up against a team, um, you know, night after night, day after day, coach, uh, the coaching staff for the, the Miami Heat or whatever team you're playing, the Milwaukee Bucks, get to see some of your tendencies in a, a multiple game series, you know what I mean, like right. see, multiple games in a row. That's where coaching will be a different situation. And by the way, the Celtics—not that this means anything—but uh, they they were as good as they were. They weren't very good when they were doing a few of those. Remember those earlier in the season, like back to back, you play yeah. the same team twice in a row. They can like never. Cleveland beat... would
2: be a concern.
3: Yeah, th- so it's right. going to be different when you're facing the se- the same team every night for two weeks. You know, yeah. game after game. The coaching staff will be tasked with different challenges in those situations that we don't know how Joe Missoula will handle. Okay? Now, he's been in those situations, not as a head coach, but he's been in those situations. But I think the biggest thing he's done is he's gained the respect of the players, and the players will play for him and will respond to him. That's the hardest thing, I think, for an NBA head coach. The other stuff is important. But that's step one. And he's done step one. So at this point, you had to give him that title of head coach and take the interim tag away. I'm glad they did. I do have my reservations naturally because he hasn't coached the team in that spot. But I like my chances and I will ride with him and I feel comfortable.
2: Six one seven-seven seven nine-seven ninety-three seven, KJ and Dondero, W-E-E-I. So like there's a like a, a probability. Uh, thing that Basketball Reference puts out, like they do all these simulations of what the what the playoff situation will look like, and it's pretty interesting what they've come with. Uh, so they say the Celtics will win the East. They might face the Wizards as the, the Wizards would be the eight seed. So let me go down what they have the seeds are as it stands right now: Celtics one, Bucks two, Cleveland three, Seventy Sixers four, Nets five, Knicks six, Heat seven, Wizards eight. So you'd say a one eight series against the Wizards. Would be good. Beautiful? (laughs) Yeah, it'd be beautiful, right? But it's interesting. The second highest odds to win the conference are the Cleveland Cavaliers. And they have the second highest odds in the NBA to win the finals. So this predictor believes that whoever comes out of the East wins the NBA finals. But it's only about a six-point clip behind the Celtics who are seen to have about a third of a chance to win the Eastern Conference. So... Cleveland, if you remember early in the season, how it seemed like, wow, this team seems to not be phased by the Celtics. It would be the one team I would be concerned. So if they are the ones that knock off Milwaukee in, say, a 2-3 matchup, which can happen, right, because they have the size that can bother Milwaukee and they've got a scoring star in Donovan Mitchell as well. Would a team like Cleveland potentially concern you Because of the live bodies they have and the multiple places they could score on the court.
3: Yeah. I mean, the Celtics, now, we're going to finally see them again, right? They had those two games against them early in the year. They lost both. Right. I think they both were overtime losses. So you know Cleveland is going to be motivated and inspired to play the Celtics again, especially considering the Celtics are still the best team in the league or whatever, have the best record. Um, I'm going to look up when that game is. That's a game I'd love to see the Celtics win just for my own sanity. You know, just to not yeah. say you got swept by Cleveland in the in the regular season. I think the Celtics would win the series because I wholeheartedly believe that in order to win to, the you know, go to the NBA Finals and win those types of series, yeah. you have to go through you have to pay your dues so to speak. Yeah. And the the Cavs haven't done that. Yeah, they had a chance but, to kind of show their
2: metal against the 76ers. I think it was last weekend. And they just kind of fell apart. Yeah. So you know, the Celtics mean a lot more than the Sixers do, and you just wonder, like, okay, early season, you might feel like you're getting your win. There's no Robert Williams there at the time, but now, as you're getting later in the season, that game is on March first. March first. So yeah, four at games away. Yep. Yeah, right. So, and then again, uh, March
3: sixth at
2: Cleveland. So, so they the, got
3: two chances there to redeem themselves. I a expect. Week. I expect them to do that, but I do believe fully in that whole thing, like, you have to pay your dues in the NBA. Yeah. Like, these teams with these young guys, I know Donovan Mitchell's been around the block a little bit, but some of these younger teams, they don't just go in and go to the finals outside of having LeBron James. Like, you have to have those losses, experience the rigors of the playoff series and the playoff grind and all that. Then you can maybe talk about winning a few years down the road. I don't think they're there yet. It would concern me. They're talented. They're hungry. They've got length, They all those things. But I still think the Celtics would find a way.
2: Yeah, looking at the Celtics, man, it, 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 in the middle of the March, the middle of March is going to be very interesting because you've got at Atlanta, you're like, okay, the Rockets, then the Timberwolves and the Trailblazers, then the Jazz, then the Kings, all on the road. So they're going to be on the road for 10 calendar days in a row. Uh, granted, when you come back home, you probably feel good to see Indianapolis, Indiana and, and San Antonio right after. But that's one of those situations that you'll have to say, you're really going to have to prove things. You can't take a night off. You can't give Houston hope. You can't go to the Portland Trail Blazers and give them hope when you know that they're a team that's kind of, kind of underwater right now. You can't give the Jazz hope. And but these are going to be games where they don't look important on the calendar, but they're going to be important in the play of things because there'll be what one, two, three, six straight games on the road, and seven out of seven out of eight, seven out of eight games will be on the road so the act so from March 6th through March 21st there's only one game at home so yeah, yeah so you're and two of them so this is going to be the test this is why I say the bench is very important that, and why that bucks game was important because you're not going to be on every night and it isn't going to always be in the city where you're like they should have won the game especially at this point in the season now what will be beneficial is some of these teams will be peeling off maybe some of their players And buyout and so forth, and I still think maybe the Celtics may be a consideration in the buyout market. I don't know what that other piece may be, because so many pieces look strong. Maybe a wing. I would like a wing defender, maybe, Mm -hmm. um, to to assist if Grant Williams has to be on a on play, you know, play up against a four on a consistent uh, or a team that has a strong three and a four, like uh, the Sixers, right? Like where they where they've got a power forward situation where a bead could Play center a little bit, kind of plays a power forward type position that Grant Williams, you might want to have him out on the wing defending Embiid if he's out there. Um, so there are different things they'll have to look at, but that's just if they can get through that, that, that little rut of all those games on the road consistently, you're gonna be away for pretty much three weeks physically. That if they can show that you know we can knock down these games on the road, then I would say, you know what, unquestionably, the Celtics. Don't have anything to worry about, and you would have seen what they've done against Cleveland in two games, home and away, just right before that.
3: Yeah, I mean, they have things to prove, but they are the best team, okay? And this is going to be the hardest stretch for them, obviously, because you're the best team, because you don't want to show signs of weakness or 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 that there's like a chink in the armor here. As the playoffs approach, you just want to get to the playoffs, and you want to prove – what you've proven all year that you're the best team. So this is a very difficult stretch where the Celtics, like you said, are gonna to have to keep their mind right. They're gonna to have to stay motivated. They're gonna to have to not let up, not give an inch, even though you're gonna be looking naturally towards the playoffs as we get into March and you know, mid-March, especially.
2: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how Jalen Brown uh his game comes back because when you're dealing with a facial fracture. And you know, you're a person that will drive to the basket, or how does that affect depth perception when taking outside shots? I, I think that's something you kind of have to keep an eye on. Yeah. Like I I don't know. Like I have a weird mixed feeling about if he plays tonight in the All-Star game. I mean, granted, you've made it and so forth, but why potentially risk injury in an exhibition
3: game when you haven't tested it out in a regular season game yet? No, I uh, hear that, you. That, I, I just that a bit of a concern. I, I hear you but i just don't think that that's going to happen and i think if he wants to play he should play yeah, and he i i play, he sh- it should be a i think a nice little warm up to getting back into basketball shape it's an exhibition game they don't take it seriously yeah. uh get out there get some shots up have some fun light a little bit of a fire to get back on the court and then come say, back well, ready what? to play
2: <laughs> i know it's all i know is it is it legal in utah what you're about to say oh but you oh you say firing it up on the court i was going to say mark yeah you
0: can't
3: say
2: that stuff i know the show's near the end yeah, so I like but I like I said, where the I, fired up. Maybe maybe my head's in another place. That's okay. But look, I like where the Celtics are coaching wise. They they've closed that loophole in terms of the interim tag. I like what the Celtics are doing defensively over these last several games, where instead of just trying to out one twenty everybody, well they can, but they're keeping a points down one oh nine. Memphis they kept them down to one oh nine. Uh, Kept the 76ers to 99, the Pistons 99, Brooklyn 96. So you're starting to see some of these games where they're no longer letting these high 118, 120 games trying to outshoot teams and sometimes losing. And sometimes you're just going to lose a game. Like with the, I mean, even though they didn't lose to the Lakers, that game went to overtime. It's 125, 121. What are you going to do? It's LeBron out there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the defense is starting to really show up. And even with the Bucks game, there was a loss you know, where it's 131-125. You don't have the top creme de la creme of your, your players there. You don't have your full arsenal of players. You know, Rob Williams was there, but Rob Williams came off the bench. So um, I, I like where the team is going defensively. I like the acquisition of Mike Muscala. Let's see what's available on the buyout. That may be just one more piece. That offers something that maybe I don't see or we don't see, but maybe Brad Stevens sees missing. I don't think much is missing, and I think as this is the team, as long as they don't fall asleep, like they're not falling asleep against the Pistons like they were last year. Yeah, they so got to try
3: to. They have to anticipate stuff, like yeah. you said, Andrew Wiggins. I don't know if, and I don't know what Brad Stevens was thinking about. Maybe he saw that that could have been a problem, but nobody thought going into that series that Andrew Wiggins was going to have the effect and the impact that he had you right. got to look around the eastern conference and you got to try to identify and maybe that's what he did by getting Brogdon and by getting some of these scores and and loading up the bench in the in the depth but is there a problem out there that you could get exposed by that might not be obvious like that's maybe, what they need to be doing maybe
2: a maybe a wing defender to pick up in the buyout or a, a, another guard that can defend where the scoring isn't necessary but is a disruptor yeah. I don't know maybe Patrick Beverly in the buyout market you might say hey do you bring him in for another kind of tough doggedness because you're going to need some tough doggedness because that's what they did in 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 Milwaukee when they got Jay Crowder like they literally got Jay Crowder to check Jason Tatum when they face each other so right you you may need another aspect of doggedness toughness. Not so much scoring because Muscala can give you that from the front court and Brogdon can give you that from the back court. And I don't know if you need necessarily need another wing scorer. You're not trying to put like another all star team out there. But you need to put someone that, like, if I think in the history of basketball, the reason why Dennis Rodman became Dennis Rodman was because he was willing, he could defend all five positions coming off the bench. So he wasn't, so even though he was a scorer in college, when he was brought into the game, it was like you're the guy that's going to chase Jordan around when we've got to pull Dumars out, right? So, so who do you get like that? I'm not saying you're getting a Hall of Famer, but who do you get that that may be available? You say, you know what? They're just dogged on defense and can just make can be a headache for Giannis for, for five more minutes when he thinks he's going to get a rest.
3: That's right. Like I hear, I'll give you an example that's not going to apply to the Celtics, but yeah. Grant Williams. Okay, I have noticed, and other people obviously have noticed that Grant Williams, when it comes to Giannis, does some good work on Giannis. His his body, his big body, his his size, his uh, his weight is an asset. Like it gives the skinnier Giannis. I know Giannis is longer, but he's only got so many fouls in a game. Uh, No, I get that. But like (laughs) you know, if you're an Eastern Conference team that thinks you could get over the hump, I might be more willing to identify. I know because he's going to want a lot of money. But like. That's a that's a. If there was another matchup that you've identified like that, yeah, I would think about something like that. You know, a, a very specific matchup where if you're not watching closely, you might not say, well, Grant Williams on Giannis is a, you know, he actually is productive there. Right. But if if Brad Stevens, that could be the difference between winning and losing a championship. Maybe it was an accident for the Warriors. I don't know if they knew that Wiggins was going to give Tatum the trouble that he did. Maybe it was more Tatum just getting into a funk or getting into his head or whatever it was. Injury, hurt. Yeah, but you know, on top of, Curry was awesome. But Wiggins was right there in terms of the importance for the Warriors in winning that series. He was huge for them.
2: Yeah, KJ and Don Darrow, WEEI, we wrap up next talking Red Sox and we play minor leaguer or minor hit single next on WEEI.
1: KJ and Don Darrow on W-E-E-I. WEEI.
4: Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go.
2: Thank you for hanging out with KJ and Don Daryl on W-E-E-I. It's always a pleasure being here with you, Mark, as well. And I guess, you know, we're, we're not going to spend a lot of time on Red Sox because we can get to minor leaguer. Or minor hit single because, all right. You know, I've even I've even heard I've even heard some of the excuses that hey the Red Sox may be a little bit better because they won't have as many games against the American League East, mm-hmm. so we can switch them out for the American League West and it's going to be better.
3: <laughs> look, there's no reason to be uh, filled with hype and positivity on the Boston Red Sox this year. But I will say, okay, I will say when you look at the projected lineup, yeah, I don't hate it. You know I I don't hate it. Right?
2: But but you hear I don't hate it is like I'm at 81 wins and am I going to go over or under? 81 wins over or under this team. Over. I would say push. I think this is a 5 500 team. You know, projected lineup, Yoshida leading off, KK second, Rafi third, Justin Turner cleanup. Verdugo, fifth, Adam Duvall sixth, Cassis in the seven hole, Christian Arroyo eighth, Reese McGuire ninth.
3: If the the biggest thing there, not that I don't like Justin Turner, I appreciate everything he's brought to the you know the team, the game, and he's like a leader or whatever. But if they could have had one more bat there, you know, and maybe, the, the, maybe that's, we, my, that's that's what
2: jumps out at me is Raphael Devers is going to see a lot of pitch arounds. Yeah, right. Like there's if there's we no keep, protection, there's none.
3: If if see now this goes back to my distaste for the fact that Trevor Story might miss the entire season or at least mm. the first half. Like if they had Story there, now I don't know if you know if you put him at three. I don't know; That's a little bit of a stretch, probably. But it's better, I think, if you had Story third, Devers four, and you could do that. Like that would make me feel a little bit better, a little or bit e- better.
2: Or even if you want Yoshida four, if you believe that he's a solid contact guy. And you have Story towards the top of the lineup and he's standing on second, right? So if you're, if you're, let's say you have Story at two and you put Yoshida, let's say you go Yoshida, Story. <sighs> yeah, you'd have to put Story after Raffy or right in front of, just so that way you can get some protection for one of the two. You separate the two, you start to say, okay, we're going to take our chances with Turner. We're going to take our chances with Verdugo. You don't know what you're going to get from Adam Duvall. And, You know, Casas in that seven position to feel like, okay, we're putting you in seven because we believe
3: you're better than what we've had at seven for the last couple of years. Like there's there's, Bobby Dahlbeck. There's just so many things. Like there's so many things. Like Reese McGuire when he was in there last year, he did some nice things. You know, he did some nice. But I don't know if I can ride with that guy, Christian Arroyo. I was kind of out on him. I know he got hot towards the end or for a stretch there, and that was fine. But you know, I don't know if I really want to. Be in business with him long term. Cassis is a big question mark, right. upside, but a big question mark. Look, Duvall's a major league player, so that's good. You know, right. he's not like some minor league guy. He's a major league player. I like Verdugo, but batting what? It was he fifth. Yeah. It's a little like I'd rather him seventh. You know, like that's a little bit better for Alex Verdugo. That's why the the middle of that lineup. A, it lacks meat, and B. It puts a hell of a lot of pressure on Rafael Devers to be real, true thump in the middle of that line. Like I'm talking, like 40 home run type of pressure. Like yeah, he my, needs to be an absolute force.
2: Yeah, my bigger concern is the are the arms. I'll go through them quick. Sale, Kluber, Pavetta, Paxton's on the 60s. So there's Bayo, and then Garrett Whitlock. So I I think you might see some great things from Bayo, but we don't know what you're going to get from Chris Sale. So I hate to think that you know, like, hey, your second, your third starter. Maybe the, what you're excited for, and you don't know what you're going to get from the top of the rotation guy. And that's just a concern with Chris Sale still been, being at the top.
3: Look, he says all the right things. Yes. He understands that the narrative is what it is and that it's deserved, and he hates it, and he's trying to change it. I give him credit for that. But, you know, actions speak louder than words, and he just hasn't been out there. Now I'm hearing that he's he's skinnier than he used to be, and he lost <laughs> more weight. Like, All right, like, I, I guess whatever you need to do to stay healthy, but can he stay healthy? Like it's already become a joke. Like I've already given up on the him. The answer so far has been no. Yeah, I've already given up on him. But it doesn't mean he still couldn't prove prove me wrong. So if they can find a way, KJ, whether it's Bayo, whether it's Sale, you know, I, I I'm taking Nick Pavetta out of this. I'm taking Corey Kluber out of this. I don't think they can do that. But I don't know, even Whitlock or Paxton. Paxton's a huge question mark. If one of those guys can emerge as a number one. Then you might have a little something, something that you could talk about. All right. I, like I just don't see this smorgasbord of average arms taking the Red Sox anywhere they want to go, especially with the division they're in. All right, Blue let's, Jays. Play, yeah. let's play. Let's play minor
2: leaguer or minor hit single. Mark, I'm going to give you names. You tell me are they a career minor leaguer or are they had a minor hit single? Wait, Is this a, th- the minor hit single part? Is that a singer? Yes. Okay. All right. Zach Zenner. Minor leaguer or minor
3: hit single? Zenner played for the Birmingham Barons with Michael Jordan back in 94. Minor leaguer. Minor leaguer, correct.
2: Uh, double and triple A guy, primarily for the Yankees. Some of his well-known teammates include Gary Sanchez, Nestor Cortez, and Garrett Whitlock. Okay. All right. My, uh, minor leaguer or minor hit singer? A single? Uh, Joseph Guillermo Jones. Sounds like a second baseman, right?
3: Now nah, that's too long for a song name. It's got to be a minor league. You never have a song name with three different things. Mm. Really? Uh, yeah, that is. Jim Jones Bullin. Now
2: this now you're talking about my stuff now. <laughs> Love right, this track. All right. Third person. Are they a minor leaguer or did they have a minor hit single?
3: Austin Winkler. Definitely a singer. Definitely a musician. Winkler. Ah, that is correct. He is the lead singer of Hinder
2: with Lips of an Angel. Oh, I hated this yes. song.
3: With the lips of an angel. I remember this band better than me. That was a you know, that was another one. They were those are my favorite band, but I remember their music.
2: Okay, so right now you've gotten well, two right. No, you've gotten two wrong. One right. Okay. Minor leaguer or minor hit single.
3: Gary Miller Jones. Gary Miller Jones. He is from Alabama. Um you're, that's a minor leaguer because there's the the what's the band that sings uh, I don't it's a minor leaguer, that is yeah. correct and he was a
2: former Red Sox, Pawtucket guy okay. fifth rounder and some of his famous teammates include Ellis Burks, Marty Barrett, Brady Anderson, Sam Horn and Mike Greenwell so you two for two all right number five, Jonathan Rowanhurst. Minor leaguer or minor hit single? Rowan Hurst, that's a pitcher's name. He's a minor leaguer for sure. <laughs> yeah, good one, Mark. He was a lefty reliever for the Braves and the Angels. Yep. S- some of his best teammates were Scott Spezio at the end of Spezio's career he had a tough and a young it. Charlie Morton, and Charlie Morton is old as hell. Okay. All right, number six, Gary Lightbody. Minor leaguer or minor hit singer? I, I It's got
3: to be, a, a, he's a singer. He. What was his song? Give me it.
2: That's correct. Chasing cars from Snow Patrol. Oh man! Yeah, this is why these guys are minor hit singles.
3: <laughs> I remember this song still played a hell of a lot, way more than it needs to be. <laughs> it, it needs to like see it on satellite. I play radio Snow all the time. Patrol
2: when there's no snow. Yeah, like yeah, please. So there you have it. You did you did well in minor leaguer or minor I did. hit single. I thought Gary Miller Jones would trip you up,
3: but well, the only reason I got uh, Jim Jones wrong maybe was because I thought we were talking about like song names, not artist names. Mark, have a great one.
2: We are out of here. At Mark Dondaro, at KJ Carson, at WEI on Twitter.
0: See ya! T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.